Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. The F1 schedule is heating up. Will you go with the O, Reliable, and Max Verstappen, or... Take your chance with a potential surprise. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code you see at the bottom of your screen somewhere. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome to Nailing the Apex, everyone. I'm Tim Haraney. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts as well. Write a review as it really helps us grow the pod. You can also follow me on social media at Tim Haraney. Today, we're joined by Dutch Motorsports writer Jeroen Demendal. Jeroen, what's happening, man? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Good to uh, good to be back on the show again. Oh, this is great, man. Love having you on. Get Jeroen on social media at Mr. Demendal. Uh, okay, so IndyCar, Grand Prix of Long Beach. Uh, it, well, okay. It was an okay race. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't like we've seen that. Like the first two races were incredible, Yeroon, but this one had a little bit, had a lot of strategy to it, a lot of fuel mileage going on with a lot of the drivers. But Kyle Kirkwood's, I mean, leading from pole, uh, led 53 of the 85 lap race. Um, it was pretty impressive. And this is a driver, Yeroon, that you've 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 uh, covered quite closely through his junior category. Yeah, uh, gosh, I mean, I think the first time I spoke to Kyle was when he was still in the USF 2000. Um, so that was, you know, four steps away from IndyCar. Um, not three steps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been following all the way to what used to be the, known as the road to Indy, right? Um, and, I mean, the kid is phenomenal. I mean, he won the championship at every, le- at every level. Um, uh, I think he won, uh, I actually did the math yesterday, he won 31 of the 50 races that he competed in on the road to Indy. Um, it's astonishing. Uh, so to be honest, basically uh, yesterday he was back at uh, where he where he belongs, right? Uh, where he used to be, which is on top of the field, leading uh, uh, the competition. Um, and you can see that. I mean, I think Michael Andretti said afterwards as well. Like you know, just they told him like you know, just it is the same as 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 every other race, sort of in in the lower categories. You know, you you know how to do this, and clearly he he did. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it was a it was a very very strong performance. Um, and I, I I had a feeling I was like Andretti's going to be strong in Long Beach. Kirk was very uh, Kyle was very very strong in Saint Petersburg. So you know, Long Beach. Yeah. They were also strong there last season too with Herta. Mm. I mean, Colton was Colton was incredible at that race until obviously crashed out. But uh, very impressive um, from him in this race, and we'll get to Colton later, but. In particular, I mean, Kirkwood has had a difficult start to this season, Uh, you know, has crashed a few times. I mean, obviously he had the big shunt in uh, St. Pete and then the uh, pit lane incident in Texas. And so, you know, I think I don't want to, you know, if we go back to his time with uh, Foyt, I mean, wasn't very, wasn't the greatest. And... Then we saw him get that jump from Voigt into Andretti. And I think a lot of people questioned, you know, that move by the team. But I think I think on Sunday we saw, you know, why they did it. He was absolutely dominant, lights out. Um, he's jumped 14 places in the championship standings. Mm. And he never really had a threat. Like, there wasn't really a true threat to him. For that entire race, I mean, maybe with Grosjean towards the end, but for for Kirk for Kirkwood, I mean, like they barely changed any of the components on the car for qualifying, mm. 
and he was able to manage fuel well, manage push to pass really well. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was almost like a like a veteran type type win, you know, Yeroon. No, uh, yeah, and the thing is, of course, he also what also helps is he rolled off the trailer basically, you know, yeah. in very good shape. I mean, he was sort of fast uh, from the get go. Um, I mean, by now, of course, we know that basically Andretti borrowed him uh, or loaned him out to Foyt uh, because, you know, last year they just didn't have a, sp- uh, a spot for him. Um, and I think in a way that might have helped him as well, knowing that sort of eventually he would be brought back into the Andretti fold. At the same time, I also think, um, I mean, we spoke a little bit uh, during preseason. Um, I mean, I think also that it sort of helped him sort of to deal a little bit with, you know, uh, adversity. Uh, I mean, his year at Foyt wasn't easy at uh, uh, most of the time. Um, of course, he came again from that road to Indy career where he basically got really, really used to be to winning, to yeah. being uh, on top of the field. I think sort of, in a way, sort of, it was pretty much a character-building year um, with Foyt, which probably maybe has helped him when now, you know, like you say, St. Pete didn't go as he wanted, Texas didn't go as he wanted, and then he came here, and he just, you know, executed, um, got the pole position, and then on Sunday, you know, delivered very, very strongly as well. It was uh, interesting to note that, you know, Brian Herta making that, making that switch well i guess andretti making the switch for uh brian Herta taking him off colton's car and uh putting him on kirkwood and i believe that was done in texas if i'm not mistaken um uh, interesting strategy i think a part of that has to do with how Herta, brian Herta in particular handles uh younger drivers like he's he's really good with with handling junior drivers or drivers who don't have a ton of experience who um make that step up into into indycar and you know obviously brian has got all of his indycar experience but outside of that he also has the experience of working with junior drivers when he had his own uh i believe it's an indy lights team he had for for quite a while back in the day um he's he, he's he's an interesting guy uh brian because he's probably one of the more calmer uh, race uh, strategist engineers on the <laughs> yeah. radio, like when you hear him. Yeah, I mean, because I, if you hear him agree. and Colton go back and mm. forth, right? Like it's it's a it's a uh, good move, I thought. Anyways, y- yeah, um, <laughs> I think so. I think definitely for Kirkwood it has worked out. I think for Andretti it has worked out. Uh, it has really helped Kirkwood to sort of get up to speed rather quickly. Who I don't think is very happy with it is Colton. Um, yeah. I mean, he doesn't seem to be hiding that either. I mean, in quite a few interviews, I've now sort of he, he's been emphasizing, yeah, this wasn't my decision, um, and and it, that came as a surprise. And you know, he, he's not quite sure what to think of it. I mean, um, I think the, the maybe the thinking there was sort of like, well, you know, eventually he's going to uh, move up into Formula One anyway. So you know, let's uh, make sure that Kirkwood, who is then probably in IndyCar, the guy who's going to lead our line for years to come, let's make sure we get him sort of properly settled in. Uh, but yeah, there's a little bit of tension there. Um, but hey, in hindsight, what a uh, all in all, what a great, great Sunday for Andretti Autosport. Yeah. Eh? Uh, they really was, needed that. They really needed that. Yeah, I was just going to get to that. I mean, having s- so many of their cars out in St. Pete, I mean, what a disaster that was. And then Texas didn't go very well for them either. And it's been interesting to note that, yeah, you know, you and I have talked about this last season where Andretti was just nowhere to be found. Like, it was bad, like really bad. And then coming into this season, how strong they were right off the trailer in St. Pete, and then again, the next race in Texas, strong, um, but just not being able to capitalize on those results. I mean, I, if you're if you're Michael, you have to be over the moon with this 
with this result for the team, like going back to St. Pete, like he didn't even have a car really no, well, in the race. Exactly, right? And I mean, you know, we've Andretti Autosport has a long and storied history with sort of having a lot of pace, but not actually capitalizing on that, uh, on that pace. Um, I mean, because, you know, the current crop sort of sometimes sort of running into each other and what we saw last year. Yeah. That's not a new thing. We've seen that before. We've seen that in the, you know, back when Kanan and Andretti and, yeah. uh, um, and, and, and Danica were driving together. So I mean, it is something that has happened before, but I think especially after after St. Pete and after Texas, they really needed to do this, and you could see that I think in in the way they managed Grosjean, um, because hell, Grosjean really wanted to get that first win as well, but and he said and he he afterwards made it sound like it was his decision, like mm-hmm. no no, I decided to be calm, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that somebody <laughs> whispered in his ear from the side as well, like don't do anything stupid, my man, uh, we're going to get this one too. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, in the end, Grosjean executed well as well, um, and now sort of has has got his first uh, proper result of the season, yes. uh, which he needed as well. Yes. Um, but also, we've seen he ha- he's had the pace, he had the pace in St. Pete, he had the pace in Texas. Now he's got a result to show for it. Um, so I, I think for the whole team going into Alabama, and then of course uh, the month of May, um, yeah, this is this is really um, this coming at exactly the right time, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and then we. Touch on Grosjean, obviously finishing P2 in the race on Sunday. I felt it was really impressive to see how he was able to hang on to to Kyle for as long as he could. I mean, obviously, Grosjean was struggling with fuel mileage issues, but one of the other things that actually impressed me about Roman was his push push to pass usage. Like he he barely used it. Like he Mm. had he had a ton left in the bank towards the end of the race and. That's actually something that, you know, a lot of the drivers, especially either in their second or third year in IndyCar, it is something that they still struggle with getting used to having enough left for the end of the race. I mean, this is really like veteran stuff, like, you know, Newgard and Dixon type stuff to really hang on to that. And I thought that, for me, that just impressed me as a driver because I know how easy it is uh, for you to use that thing, you know what I mean? It's such a weapon, right? And I, I just thought it was it was really impressive, and he's been very impressive as well. This yeah, this at the same time, I think also they had good cars, of course, so yeah. he didn't really need it to use it in the same way, right? Um, and and sort of, I think it's usually in this final stage, that's sort of where you're sort of, you know, that's crunch time, and that's when you mo- most of the time need it. Um, and let's face it, I mean, Grosjean's in his third season now as well, so, you know, he's starting to learn the ropes of this IndyCar game as well. Um, yeah, I think at the moment uh, Andretti looks uh, looks pretty solid. I think Pato Ward at some point apparently said that he was only worried about uh, Penske and, and Ganassi. Um, well, you know, I'm pretty no. sure that <laughs> I'm pretty change. sure that that memo was sent around at Andretti. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> maybe we should give those McLaren guys a run for their money, and, uh, and that they did. Uh, Marcus Ericsson finishing P3 and then retaking the lead in the. Uh, Drivers uh, championship standings, uh, like I mean, like Scott Dixon does. You know, I'm not obviously comparing Mark Sarris and Scott Dixon, but like Scott Dixon does. You know, learning from the master of winning championships, he finishes races and he finishes in the points. And for Erickson, he has been uh, excellent at that over the first three races of the season, and I think last season as well. If we go back to that, that is something that you actually had brought up uh, last season. Um, about Marcus Erickson was a little bit of a slow starter, but you, you know, even last season, you thought that he would be in championship contention then, and he was. And now again, he's doing the exact. He's picking up where he left off. I guess is what I'm trying to say. He's he's been very impressive 
um, Yarun, like what, what have you seen from him so far? Yeah, that. Um, I mean, I think sort of, um, I think our good friend Don from Champweb, he yeah. said sort of maybe we should get away from that sneaky sweet nickname and start calling him <laughs> Mr. Consistency, which yeah. I think is very fair. Because like you say, I mean, that's the Dixon way, right? Consistent. Um, both, uh, I must say, actually, Pelo as well. If you look at Pelo's results, Pelo has also been very, very consistent. You know, yeah. got himself up in that in that top five, top six of the championship. Um, but with Ericsson in particular, um, he's really he he already got his first win. He's got sort of uh, uh, at least three top tens. And now we're moving into territory. We know that a, a Barber is a place where Ganassi is always good. We know that Ericsson is good at 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 Indy, and that Ganassi is good at at, at Indy. Um, yeah. I think sort of it might be very well so that uh, in in a month, month and a half from now, we're suddenly looking at a a, a Swedish man who's sort of pretty firmly on top, uh, and then it will become difficult to sort of unseat him. I think especially towards the end of last season, he had a little bit of a fade in those last yeah. few races where he really sort of you know dropped back. Um, but if there's anything that he has learned from, learned from, it's probably that. And and Ericsson is just getting better and better and better each season. Um, I think I've once compared him with, to a diesel, and that's still what, the way I look at him. He he, ta- he takes some time. He's not an instant uh, fast guy. It takes some time for him to get used to it. But, you know, give him a few years in a car, and you can see that now. Um, and it's good for him as well because he's in the contract era. Um, so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm very, very interested to see sort of um, where that leaves him on the driver's market going into 24 as well. Uh, brutal day for Errol McLaren and in particular uh, Patricio Award. Um, went from leading the championship to now second in the driver's standings. I mean, lap 20 had that uh, contact with Scott Dixon. Uh, with, went down the inside of, of Dixon. It wasn't a, it was an aggressive move uh, yes. by Pato. I will say that uh, I'm okay with it because uh, you know on one part it is sort of IndyCar. That's for sure. I don't think Scott you know thought he was <laughs> going to try something there, but uh, you know a few drivers did uh, make some moves at that at that turn eight by using that uh, inside mm. line in the race. I'm not sure how that is even uh, legal passing on the inside at, at turn eight because i mean drivers were like literally going over track limits there you were like it was yeah i, I think you're, i was you're, questioning you're, some of the past you mean there. the you mean those those curb stones on the inside yeah those painted curb stones yeah the way i was uh, i was told is that those were actually fair game that they basically uh, that's sort of um that's sort of the way i understood it from uh, from from race control and from some of the stewards that they were basically totally fine with that i don't agree um, with it no, but, it, but the thing is, if you look throughout the whole weekend, that was the line that everybody drove, very close to the wall, on the inside. Um, but it could be that this is where Dixon sort of were thinking like, well, you know what, actually, nobody's going to cut there on the inside. Mm. Because let's face it, uh, Pado came incredibly late, incredibly <laughs> late. At the same time, I also felt, because I, I rewatched the replay several times, I also felt that... Dixon left the door quite wide open. Yeah, he did. Get and then with a driver like Pato, who's yeah. just you know, as he always say, I'm just going to send it. Yeah. Um, he will t- he will put it on the inside there. So in the end, um, my I finally I, I I was like, okay, I think this is just a racing incident. Um, clearly, the stewards agreed with it with me. Uh, they they felt the same way. They didn't give a penalty. Um, <laughs> then of course the later incident. 
Yeah, that's where Pato really went in overdrive and he basically fully had to hit the brakes or not to uh, push Kirkwood out of the race and then spun himself. And yeah, that was the end of his uh, of his race, basically. Uh, because I think in the end, where did he finish? 16th or something? I mean, it was, it was, it was not very... 17th. Yeah, 17th. So um, that was a shame. Yeah. Um, otherwise, McLaren, I mean, I think Rossi was okay, if, if, if a little bit sort of under the radar. Um, the problem, of course, he had that suspension failure yeah. in the final lap, which yeah. which is really, really, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Rossi seems to be having one of those seasons again. Um, you know, we've had this discussion several times over the mm-hmm. past few years. Like, he always seems to have this just bad luck, just sort of, he, he just attracts it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end, Rosenquist had a pretty decent finish in the end. Uh, I think uh, came came home seventh, yeah, he was in which, seventh. Yep. which which for him was a good result. He needed that as well. Uh, also after you know making that uh, mistake in Texas. Yeah. So yeah, a bit high and low for Aaron McLaren. But I mean, it's pretty clear. I mean, the pace is in there. Yeah. Um, they're definitely going to be a factor in the championship, yep. and and I still have uh, Pato as uh, as one of my prime championship contenders going back to uh that incident with with award and dixon i mean dixon uh felt that uh that that's how did he word i'm trying to i'm paraphrasing here but it's like i guess the gloves how, are off now. Yeah, yeah 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 but that's how like a race officials are are going to uh be calling this he wants mm. consistency moving forward yeah. because now like the, the gloves are off sort of thing and mm. and then pato obviously uh saying post-race that he wasn't going to apologize um for the move on Dixon, I mean, obviously this is great stuff uh, from both drivers for IndyCar. At the at the end of the day, I, I you know I, I agree. I don't think there should have been a penalty there. Uh, was it a bit late? It was, but were they side by side? They were. Uh, you know, I, I I this has been a part of IndyCar's nature forever. I mean, even back in the champ car days when I was around there, I mean, like it, it it's rough, it's hard racing. And if you get guys who are super aggressive and they're going to try aggressive moves, I mean, you have to be prepared. And I think for Scott, I mean, you know, this guy's got a ton of experience. You know, he's a multiple, multiple world champion or IndyCar champion. He's an incredible driver. He's probably one of the best racing, all around racing drivers I've ever seen. He must have known he was going to try something there. He had to have. Um, I just, uh, I, I'm interested to see how that not relationship. He's getting old, is he? No, I don't think so. I mean, like, <laughs> it, 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 uh, I have actually thought about that in the past, but if we look at his records, I mean, he's just always there at the end of the season for championships, mm. man. Like, he's just always there. It's just. In, in the amount at which the talent grows in the sport, and I've said this before, I think this is one of the most stacked fields that IndyCar has had in a very long time. Absolutely. And again, you know, Scott Dixon, he's in it. He's sixth right now in the championship standings. And I, he still has a huge shot to win this thing. I mean, I think he's, he's unbelievable. I just thought that he probably would have. I just thought he would have seen that coming from Pato. That's all. You know, like they raced against each other for so long. You must have known he was going to try something. Uh, Colton Herta coming up fourth. We touched on him already um, a little bit, but good drive from Colton. Think he needed it. Uh, you know, obviously didn't really have the pace there this season that he he did last season. But I no, think but for still I think coming for Colton fourth. Right? Yeah, and I, and I think like. So far for Colton, eighth in the championship. I think it's he's done well to capture points. 
And I think for mm-hmm. this season in particular, that's what it's going to come down to, right? I mean, you can you can win uh-huh. as much as you want in this this series, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the drivers who are capturing the points and staying consistent. And especially for him, right? I mean, I think that's one of the the points of critique that he's gotten in the past. Like, you know, it's very uh, um, hot or cold with him. Uh, either he wins or he crashes out. I think, you know, grabbing a few more fourths, fifths, sixths, I think that sort of is really the the key for him to sort of take that next step and really become a proper championship contender, which, of course, the last few seasons, he hasn't quite been there uh, because of that you know, slight lack of consistency. Now he's had a good start, um, especially after that false start in uh, in, in, in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is good. Um, I think two top sevens now. Um, indeed, he, he, he's, he's, he's off to a good start. Again, now we're going into territory where um, uh, you know, uh, with 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 Barber and Indy, I mean, where he should be able to uh, to uh, to do well as well. Won uh, the Indy Grand Prix last year, of course. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think I think he's had a good start. Um, another thing that I think we should talk about is uh, there's slight improvement at Rail Letterman Lanigan. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, you know, they had a pretty. Decent weekend, all yeah. in all. At least not as bad as Texas was. Yep. Graham Rahal, 12th. Harvey, 13th. Lungard, 14th. All running consistently in, in the same lap mm. time. Uh, it's good for them. Like, you and I have discussed, um, you know, after St. Pete, like, it was dark days down there mm. at RLL. Like, bad. And surprising to see how much they struggled like they were probably what the slowest team like one of the slowest at least in st pete and and in texas like it wasn't good and yeah i think rail managed to work and way, work his way up sort of in the race in st pete but texas i think particularly oh, yeah. is something that really must have shocked them uh, because they were basically i think together with ecr especially on one lap pace they were just sort of really really poor um so i think at least you know they they felt they look more competitive uh, uh here in 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 um in long beach um now, now we'll have to see whether that actually takes them uh, somewhere. Um, I mean, I really hope that between Texas and the Indy 500, they find something. I think this yeah. week, when we have the uh, the open test at, at IMS, we'll yeah. we'll see a lot. Um, I really hope they found something because otherwise, the month of May is going to be a very long one for them. Man, and the amount of money and infrastructure that they've put into That's the, the Indy yeah. program, like yeah. it's. I honestly thought this team was going to be. Uh, way more competitive, especially last season mm. and coming into this season. I thought, okay, well, we'll give them the one season. That's just a, a one-off. They were moving into a new factory, I believe, before 2022 got started. They had a lot of new engineers coming online as well. And then, you know, give them a year. And, and then now here we are. And it's, mm. wow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that has to be a result they have to be happy with. I, you know, you would assume. I uh, didn't get to hear from uh, Graham, Jack, or Christian after the after the race. So, no, I haven't. I haven't heard too much. But I mean, yeah. at least at least it's progress, right? I mean, yeah. at least they're sort of slightly back to the the, the you know the at least the competitiveness that they yeah. uh, uh, up to a point showed in Saint Pete. Um, I mean, a, a team of that size just shouldn't, and, and like you say, with those resources, just shouldn't be sort of languishing in 24th, 25th, like we saw in Texas. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that Texas was an outlier. Yeah. Um, because also, I mean, for all of them, for Graham, for, for Christian, for Jack, I just hope, I just wish much more for them. Um, for all of them, of course. 
Uh, Alex Below coming in fifth. Will Power sixth. Started thirteenth. That's a hell of a drive uh, mm. from from Will. I've been really impressed. Uh, I mean, I'm always impressed with Will Power, but <laughs> you know, I mean, like he's been very impressive this season, con- considering like off track the things that he's had to deal with, and then getting focused and mm. carrying on with the job on track. That's got to be extremely difficult um, for him. And so that's a great result, I think, for for Will. Uh, and then obviously we had mentioned Felix in seventh and Marcus Armstrong. Top rookie finishing uh, finishing P eight starting twelfth. Um, you know, it was a it was a bit of a struggle for you know Erickson obviously in qualifying stuffing it. And I remember I can't try to remember exactly what he had said on his podcast uh, following St. Pete, but like the 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 street track in St. Pete wasn't that physical, and he wasn't wasn't that tired afterwards. And then. You know, come to St. Pete, he's in, he's in, or sorry, coming to Laguna, and he's into the wall, and I'm just kind of like, oh, not that physical, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but this is a great result um, from him. Uh, hearing from him afterwards, it was interesting to hear him say the, the comparison between, like, F2 and IndyCar. You know, one of the things mm. we always talk about is tires and, like, the Pirelli tire versus, like, the Firestone and two totally different tires, right? And it's interesting to see, you know, a lot of the drivers who are coming over from F2 and into IndyCar, they've just been, they you know, a ton of talent there, obviously, but... Um, They've always seemed to excel in IndyCar, eh? Yeah, well, but this is—I I spoke with Christian Lundgaard about this last year, and he mm. basically said, you know, the it really helps that both the F2 and the IndyCar are built by Dallara. Um, and he says, yes, there is different tires. He said, but frankly, in his view, the Pirellis are actually much more sensitive than the Firestones. He said, you can sort of, you know, you can manhandle the Firestones a bit more. Mm-hmm. And already then, he said, I think somebody like Marcus Armstrong, who at the time, you know, his name was circulating in the silly season, he said, I think Marcus would be great here. Um, and then Marcus, of course, in preseason uh, during the media days, was talking about uh, you know driving an Indy car is like wrestling an alligator, <laughs> uh, which I thought was a very apt uh, uh, metaphor. Um, and I think yeah, I think he's been doing very well. I mean, you know, compared to his you know Ganassi teammates, he was always going to be sort of you know uh, uh, the bottom the bottom uh, of those four, of course. But that is not something to be ashamed of. I mean, you know, being beaten by Dixon, Pelot, and Ericsson. That's okay, I think, yeah. if, if you're only in your second IndyCar race. P8 is very, very solid. I already thought he was pretty solid in, in, uh, in St. Pete because yeah. I think there he came, was it 12th or something along those lines? No, yeah. 11th. And that was including a um, an extra pit stop because pit stop. he had a flat tire. So there he was also on P on, on top 10 pace, right? So, I mean, I think I think he's doing very well so far. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, just... just Keep doing what you're doing, um, and 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 to be honest, I remember at the beginning of the year people were talking about the rookie of the year battle, and I was like, yeah, but he's going to miss four or five races. Yeah, he's not going to be rookie of the year, but so far, if he keeps this up, yeah, he will be. I think he will be. Yeah, yeah because you have Stingray Rob uh, finishing 18th, and then after him, 24th was uh, Benjamin Peterson, and then 25th mm-hmm. was Augustine Canapino. Um, it's, Speaking it's, of Yunkels, it, eh? Yeah, yeah. As as as, as strong <laughs> as they were, as strong as they were in Texas, <laughs> as how how sort of like horrendous was this weekend yeah, for bad. them? It was. I mean, of course, Callum had a lot of bad luck as well, but um, also, of course, in the race, made a mistake and hit the wall. Uh, but it's just sort of like, like I say, they were so strong after yep. after Texas. Uh, was both in the top twelve? It was just it was just ridiculous, frankly. Um, but yeah, they sort of uh, fell down from uh, cloud number nine a little yeah. bit. I lot down to twelfth in the championship. Now I 
believe he was as high as what was it P five? I think it was. Yeah, he was somewhere. He was somewhere in in seventh or eighth in the championship. I think. Yeah, yeah they, it was really it was really quite good. Yeah, very very strong. Um, yeah. I mean, then you had the incidents with uh, him coming out. Uh, I like coming out of the pits in, in front of just in front I mean, but, of canopy now. Yeah. But like the thing is, is that like you know, like if you're that driver, you you can't just let like Augustine just go by you. I mean, I mean, you can't. You gotta you gotta try and make up the ground that you've already lost. You just can't do it because you're just gonna put yourself further in the weeds. Yeah, and more importantly, he was still on the lead lap. At on that the lead point. lap, yeah. So exactly. the only thing that he had in mind was I need to stay in front of there. Yeah. Um, and and just sort of you know get some uh, get actually I mean I think he probably saw Canapino as a uh, as a buffer between himself and the rest of, uh, of the field. Um, I think in hindsight, I understood from his tweets earlier today that uh, some of the Argentinian fans weren't too happy with him, yeah. um, which is a little bit uh, unfortunate, to be completely honest. But um, yeah, no, it's I mean, it, it was just an unfortunate incident. And then, of course, at some point, Canapino sort of basically, I, I don't know what happened there, but it seems like it just lost all gear all of a sudden or just had a misshift and then got passed at all, ti- at all times. And that's when we got the second Pato incident. Of yeah, course. he actually hit the wall. He oh, he hit the, the wall, uh, did yeah, he? Yeah, right, he hit yeah. the inside wall. And then I believe yeah. it was uh, he had checked up. So he he had hit the inside wall, and then I think he checked up. And then Kirkwood's, I think uh, yeah. Kirkwood went the into right. the back of him a bit. Yeah, yeah. And, as and, well. and hit him and had to pass him on the right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Anyway, and then everybody backed up. So, yeah, it was an unfortunate incident. But, you know, this is what street racing does, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Um, and, um, I mean, in theory, I think Canapino's thinking of just staying out there, sort of going a little bit off strategy. I sure. mean, you know, it could have paid off. Yeah, um, He's been good. He, like, he's uh, been... I think he has been, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I know you and I have talked about that coming in to the start of the season. You know, we were just kind of like, you're bringing this guy in from touring cars, and I don't know how that's going to work. And then all of a sudden, he was he's on the pace, and, like, he was mm. in testing. I think I messaged you when he was in testing, and I was like... Like Canapino is like a second off. I'm like, that's really impressive. Like for yeah. a guy who's never uh, done the open wheel ladder system and just jumping straight into an IndyCar. I mean, he's clearly got talent. So no, it's it's it's. I'm I'm really amazed actually yeah. by how he's done so far. And yeah, the fact also, uh, even at Texas on a super speedway, at some point, <laughs> yeah. I think he was he was ahead of Ilot, and I was like, it, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, so no, I mean, clearly the guy has won, what is it, 15 touring car championships in Argentina or something? Uh, so clearly he has natural talent of how to drive a motor car. Um, and, and some clearly in his case, that talent, uh, whether it has a roof or not, it translates uh, and uh, it transfers. What's going on down at, uh, at ECR? I mean, <laughs> we've got like, you know, yeah. Connor Daly, again, at the back and Renus as well. Um, I, yeah, you good know, question. two good drive, like two really great drivers. Like what? I don't. I don't get that. It's kind of like the RLL for me. Like with when it comes to Ed Carpenter racing, I just don't. Mm. I don't understand because like I think they have mostly the infrastructure that they need. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, they've never been a hallmark of consistency. Um, let's be honest, um, but of course. I think this season they're really, especially their one lap pace seems to be a problem. Um, if you look at sort of Renus's uh, qualifying uh, uh, spots, I think he, he qualified 19th in Long Beach, which was his best qualifying of the season so far. Um, that is not good. That is not where Renus normally is. Um, 
I think the one lap pace is just that is a problem and whether that is an engineering or a, a damper or, or whatever um, but it's clearly like you say it's both the drivers it's not sort of like Renus is uh, up top and, 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 and Connor is languishing or the other way around they're both struggling mm-hmm. I think on race pace Renus is pretty okay actually um, I mean in St. Pete he made it slightly silly mistake sort of in that that move with new garden which put him out of the race was otherwise i think he was on you know top six top seven uh because he was just behind i lot um in texas he worked his way up all the way from the back to p11 which was strong and here as well i think sort of he was behind ferrucci who came home 11th i think so you know p12 he could have been p12 which again would have been all right given the circumstances but um yeah i don't know uh, clearly it's clear they need work um, the good thing is that they're now heading to Barber. Um, you know, Renus got pole there last year, should have won the race, mm-hmm. eventually finished third. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always good in Indy. So I really hope that sort of, you know, they can properly sort of recover uh, in the coming races. Uh, because if they don't, um, I don't know how the, where the season is going to end for them. Uh, but it's not going to be a happy ending, I'm afraid. Well, anyone else you want to touch on before we take off? We got everybody... We got a lot of uh, I think I think we got um, yeah MSR is is sort of Maya Shank is yeah. sort of surprising me a little bit um, I'm because as good as Andretti is um, you know you would think that because of their technical partnership with Andretti they would be closer to the pace um, but I mean you know I think Pagano is twenty fourth in the standings and Helio is twentieth yeah they just they were just pretty handy drivers like the two 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 handy drivers I yeah. mean Castro Neves with that. You know, a bit of a silly spin there on the opening lap mm. of the race. It just looked like cold tires uh, from him and, and jumping back on the throttle and just a tiny bit offline as well at the same time. But, you know, Simon Pagano, it's surprising to see him qualifying, you know, P14, finishing, I mean, 15th. It's just, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it has been quite odd from, from MSR. And, like, that's a team that um, I, you know, I put them up there, Um Last year and the year before, mm. like like a strong team. Um, also, again, like you say, like you said with Rail, I mean, also invested in a new shop, yeah, invested, you know, brought on a lot of new partners. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure, but here again, both drivers are in the contract year. Um, I mean, honest question, right now, would you sign Simon Pagano if you were any of the other teams? I, I oh. he hasn't shown too much for me. Um, it's, it's and, but if I'm passionate, do I want to stick with MSR in its current form? I mean, right. it's it's. I think he's in quite a predicament in that sense. Um, it, at least that's what it looks to me from the outside. As for Helio, yeah, I mean, you know, I I love Helio. I yeah. always will. Um, but I'm not quite sure if he's still completely. You know, um, I I think he's really in the twilight of his career. Uh, I'd yeah. be amazed if he's still in that car next year. Um, but I also hope that he will still continue to do the 500 for many years to come uh, because, you know, he's as competitive as ever there. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, MSR. It, they're really sort of – they're a little bit of a mystery yeah. to me. Um, Aaron McLaren, actually, I wanted to talk to you about this. Uh, potentially, I guess, running a fourth car full-time yes. next season. Yeah, Zach said that on Friday. And yeah. Then, Who do you see jumping in there because yeah. – <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> No, I mean, there's plenty, of, there's plenty of candidates, right? I mean, yeah. uh, let's say I think Ilot is definitely on, on a lot of lists uh, yeah. going, into, going into 24. 
Um, I mean, we know that Arenas VK has signed a multi-year deal with ECR, but I'll eat my hat if it doesn't contain certain uh, clauses in there. So, I mean, he might be on on short lists. Um, Malukas, obviously, is on short lists. Um, I mean, you know, let, let me have a look at the list. Who else? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting right now. Um, well, Lundgaard. Lundgaard. Um, deal. Yeah, exactly. Especially if, if RLL continues to struggle, maybe he'll yeah. start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean... I don't know. Or maybe they bring somebody in from the outside, right? I mean, uh, we know, for instance, that Ganesi has been interested in Schwartzman. Um, where's he going to fit in? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, or is it so that sort of maybe um, one of the one of the big guys is moving? I mean, is Marcus Eriksson staying with Ganesi in 24? Oh, I question, don't know. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he is. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think, but, but I'm pretty sure it's a very... Um, that they'll be able to uh, to choose from a lot of good drivers because it's a really good seat to have, I think, if they if they come with a fourth seat. Yeah. Because we know, of course, that Palo is going to be in one of them. Yep. Um, and I don't know. Maybe this is the 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 the, the card that saves Felix Rosenquist's McLaren career because he can stick around even if Palo comes. I don't I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, McLaren is 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 here to stay. Definitely, yeah, they're investing. Sure. Um, they're they're committed to to sticking around and to really throwing a lot of resources at it. Uh, and I think it's great. I mean, yeah. you know, we're 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 heading towards twenty eight full time cars now. Do you hear? Uh, do you see those? Did you see their cars? Uh, the launches for what do you five hundred? Five hundred. They're yes. awesome. The yes. triple crown cars are great. I didn't see any images though of um, TKs, like because I guess for his car. Uh, it's supposed to be combined of all three of Pato, uh-huh, okay. um, right. Felix, Felix Rosenquist, and uh-huh. Rossi's sort of uh-huh. combined color. Uh, I, I'm trying to like my favorite one was is is, is uh, Felix's. That's my favorite. That's that the that's the six, right? The, yeah, uh, that's, that's the, the one that's like the the, the, the cross inspired. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, that one. Yeah, that one is absolutely my favorite. Yeah. It's 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 really really good. Um, but to be honest, the all orange, uh, I like that. I like that a lot as well. Yeah. The black one looks very sleek. But yeah, yeah if I had to choose, I'd I take the six home as well. Uh, sure. That one is really uh, it. It's just really really. Like that's such an iconic livery, right? Uh, in all of motor racing, uh, not just in Formula One, but also, of course, also you know the old Penske days, uh, the the, Par- the Marlboro Penske car. So, yeah, it's really really cool. I, I love it that they're bringing it back, uh, bringing that to the Speedway, bringing that to the month of May. It's um, well done, Arrow McLaren. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Jeroen, thanks very much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, let yeah, thanks for having Let me. everybody know where they can find you and also what you've got going on. Uh, yeah, like you said, at Mr. Demondal is me on Twitter. Uh, and otherwise, um, I would say uh, follow, us, follow the two of us at ChampWeb, ChampWeb.net. Um, and uh, I also do uh, some uh, some feeder series following on uh, at FS Americas. Um, so that's uh, in the next um, USF Pro 2000, USF 2000. Uh, all the feeder series going into IndyCar. Uh, you can uh, follow us, all our coverage there. Awesome. Thanks again, Jeroen. Really appreciate it. I'm Tim Haraney. If you want more from me, you can get me at Tim Haraney. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts. Write a review. Let us know how we're doing. You've been listening to Nailing the Apex, and we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>